You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, gentlemen. GP, thanks for joining us. I know you're not going to be here for the whole time, so uh, we will go ahead and jump right into this. Bruce, good to see you this afternoon as well. You wanted to talk at the beginning about Chaz, so let's get right into Chaz. You haven't been around for a few days, so uh, Mm -hmm. go ahead and and give us... Let's get your thoughts on what's happening in downtown Seattle right now. They need farmers. They need to understand how to make food. (laughs) (laughs) They do. How commerce works. Yeah. You can't take grass, throw newspapers on top of it, and then two inches of soil and throw buckets of plants on top and expect it to grow tomorrow. It's kind of not how it works. It literally looks like something you would say, Johnny, like it's out of Minecraft. Like they 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 went, okay, guys, here. Okay, let's get it. How do they farm in Minecraft? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, they just, you you throw it down on the ground and then you just stand there and wait for like 20 minutes. And that's minutes what they were doing. Sprung. And that's, it makes me sad. I mean, they, because I think every, I, that's where our education system is failing us. Yeah. We yeah. should all learn how to freaking basically plant a plant and how that works. Understand, you know, because if you want to plant tree, you know, a lot of us want to get some more trees out there, even though North America has more trees today. Okay, I don't want to hear the argument. I know it has North America has more trees today than it ever has ever. There's more trees today. Yes. Great. But we also have another thing. We have more people today than we've ever had in this part of the United States. So, yes. So, yes, we do need more trees. So, yes, I'm planting more trees. So, yeah. Okay, there's my there's my hippie rant. <laughs> you know, I think but, you, um, you, I think you hit on something very important there. You said this is where our education system has failed, and it has. It, it has. is because it's created this. I don't want to say this um, wipe your dystopian ass society, but that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. It, it is. It's it's like this dystopia. Well, that's what it's, that's what it will eventually turn into with people like this. Mm-hmm. But it's turned into literal decadence because you have people that don't have any education. They don't have any know-how of any kind. You know, I went over this the other day. I don't know if you've been on one of your long car trips or not. You've listened to. No, um, I haven't. Oh, you haven't. Okay. Well, the other day I went over something called the Neo-Maoist Revolution, which is essentially what this is, which is you have a point where during the Mao Revolution in China, you had radicals, mostly university graduates, just saying, come to power and what did they do? They started going around destroying all the monuments, renaming the streets, Seattle, New York City, I'm looking at you. And what happens? Everything becomes year zero because under Marxism, under cultural Marxism, all history ends. What happens? You don't have anything that you came from. Everything starts at zero. Everything in the past is a mistake. You have to start here and then everything here forward This is why Marx uses the term forward. Everything from here forward is history. This is what happens. So with this type of an attitude, we're enabling this. We're we're enabling this. And when I say we're enabling this, I'm talking about like city mayors. They're enabling this this type of behavior to go on. What's going on in Seattle? What's happening with this this Chaz district? What's going on there? The city mayor is coming out saying, well, it's going to be the summer of love. Lady, you got rapes going on in there. You're sending in portable toilets and food. You're enabling this. You're not shutting it down. You're enabling it. 
these people don't know how to do anything. You know, I made the I made the references and I think you just made a little bit of them there, even though you hadn't heard it. So we're on the same page. I talked about markets, monetary systems, budgets, finance, business, trade, sales, supply lines, agriculture, food production, nutrition, infrastructure, manufacturing, health system, environmental regulations, all of which they don't know any of none. No, no, I'm, I'm with you completely on on that. It all stems from our lack of education and lack of understanding of what's going to end up happening. But that reset, that's kind of, isn't that kind of scary? It is, but most people Historical don't know reset. it. Yeah, most people don't know it. That's what but happens. It, can it not be, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to look at it through my, my, my humanitarian lens here, the way I like to see things. Could it not be a good thing? Let's just, you know what, just eliminate the path. Let's just eliminate it. Let's eliminate all the prejudice, all the horrific things that have happened in this country. Will it end there? Or do we have to go to the rest of the world? And in that history, too, because they remember. Well, it's that's just it. It's the uh, it's the erasure of everything. This is why it's happening in multiple. But countries. is it about is it really technically a bad thing? So, say suppose yes. today, right? We eliminated. Yes, no, no. Just say we eliminated every history, everything about history. So we're all on an even page. We're all on the same freaking footing. Every single person in the United States on the same footing, which it can't be because you're not a doctor and a, a person that, right. you know, that sticks a needle in their arm can't say, you know what? I'm a doctor. It's just right. not going to work out. Okay. That's, that's just, that's fallacy. And that, I think that's what's going on. A lot of these kids is thinking that if we burn everything down, we'll all start on equal footing. You're not going to start out on equal footing because education is key. And if you don't have any education, you're, you're not really going to be able to do anything like putting a potted plant on top of Three inches of soil well, yeah. on top of newspaper, and this is- on top of grass. That's about <laughs> how much they really think about what they're doing and how much knowledge they have about what they're doing. But to say, if I could say, and a part of me says that I, I would love that all our history is gone. All anything that was in the past would be completely eliminated. And now we have to deal with each other on the same level. Well, we're actually having to deal with each other on our educational levels. We're dealing on our, our caring. Oh, my God. Our, this is going to sound weird. We actually judge each other based on our character. Wouldn't that be crazy? Well, that'd be awesome. You're you're talking about some utopia, which is what these fools have in their heads. They think by burning everything down, that's what they're going to get. <laughs> it's and not. You're not going to get that. Yeah, it, you're not going to no. get that. But see, it's in their nature to burn society down because they've been told that if they just get rid of all this stuff, then everything else will be theirs, and they'll be able to start anew with their type of utopia, which is apparently using newspapers and topsoil to to plant. Like, plant, you know, tomatoes. <laughs> it's about how much knowledge people. they have. So, well, yeah. here's the thing, though. I made reference to that. And it's again, I think we're on the same page here. When you go through the process of building a society and building a civilization like we've done here in the West, then you need to go through a process. We went through the correct process of doing things. That's why Western civilization has been able to rise. You have to have a knowledge base in society first. You do that through education. I talked about that in another podcast we did uh, the other day about the underlying education system you get, not just from academics, but also from religious, whatever that might be, plus the family unit, the nuclear family. These all work in harmony to give you a knowledge base in society. Once you do that, then you can go towards the agrarian form, right? Because you have to create you have to create food production has to happen because if you don't, then your society just falls apart because no one can eat. Uh, apparently, you know, newspapers don't cut it. Once you do that, <laughs> then you can move on. Once you establish that, then you can move on to create industry. Once you create industry, then you can create innovation, which in turn will play for higher knowledge. You need a higher knowledge base. Then once you do that, 
you have production. Then you have prosperity, which in turn creates more knowledge base in a society. Then you can turn around, you can create goods. You take the goods, you can trade them with other countries, and then you can create wealth and freedom and individualism with all that. See how all that works? I mean, it's just, it's, it's a process. I know that that sounds, oh, well, that's utopian. We've done it. It works. This is how we built the West. I'm not talking about some garbage ideology out there like these people are doing where you're saying, oh, well, if you just burn it all down, then then that'll fix it. No, you start by taking the steps to build the society. You have to build the underpinning. You don't burn it all down. You know, that old hippie adage, you don't bring it all down, man. You don't do that. That doesn't help anything. All that does is tear everything down. And then you turn into you, you descend into anarchy like you're seeing in, well, Seattle. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. But you have to go through. Is it really anarchy? Isn't there one group in Chaz that's controlling the other group? So that's not really anarchy, is it? Well, they're fighting amongst themselves. They're fighting amongst themselves. That's the thing, though. Yes. So, I mean, they're they're vying for power. Who's reporting the crimes in there? Well, according to the chief of police in Seattle, she said, now, unfortunately, Bruce and I dug for about an hour last night. We weren't able to find this clip, but I heard it somewhere else. She said that on average, their 911 calls are backed up by um, at least three hours at the moment for what's going on in there. What is it? One hour now? One hour now? Okay. It's only one hour. That's that's what it was. Yeah. All right. So they're backed up for one hour and they're getting calls about businesses being extorted in there and rapes that are going on, you know, alleged rapes. I mean, regardless if it's actually happening or not, the fact is it's being reported and you have to get in there and investigate it. But there's no police. They've been run out. And now you got the John Brown Gun Club in there or the Redneck Revolt, whatever it is, Antifa with guns. And they're supposedly the the uh, the legit uh, community police force or whatever. I mean, it's just let's get rid of the police and replace them with police. Wait, what? Right. Y- yes. Thank you. Thank you. Armed vigilantes is more like it. Mm-hmm. But according to CNN, you know what? 18 year olds really know a lot about the world and they how do ethics and morality affects long term situations with societies. Yeah, it's awesome. According to CNN, the right wing media was portraying the protests in Seattle as armed terrorists that have taken over the city. So just to give you an idea of what we're what we're dealing with with a bias. But anything else you got on Chaz that you'd like to discuss? I'm happy to uh, to continue that conversation if there's anything else you want to talk about. It's just a sad situation. I mean, these kids are trying to put I don't know. It's it's basically like what a lot of kids do. You know, it's like, could you imagine being able to take over a little part of a city and do whatever the heck you want? They're acting out. Kids all dreaming about it. These guys are actually doing it. And the problem is, is a lot of people are being hurt. And a lot of long-term issues because the people that do business in this areas or do work in these areas or have their families or their homes, they're going to be destroyed. And that's lots and lots of hours of man, man labor hours. You know, people, I don't want to put dollars on this stuff anymore because people don't understand. People are like, oh, it's just dollars, prints of money. No, these are people hours. Every time you destroy a building, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people hours. Screw the money. You can print money all day long. But people hours, we're losing it and we're losing so much that all these people hours in order to reconstruct and rebuild. And one of the things that we can't get in our life is more hours to live. I only have so many hours that I'm going to live in this world. And if I have to give up another 400 hours, 700 hours, 900 hours of my life that I can be spending with my family, my friends, my neighbors, the people I care about, and you're going to take away those 500, 900 hours for your selfishness. Yeah, well. Okay, sorry. (laughs) 
let me ask you a question, GP, because you haven't been here the last couple of days when we've been covering this. In your opinion, if you were the mayor of Seattle right now, you, you, with your attitude and your your way of doing things, if you were the mayor of Seattle right now, what would you do to handle the situation? What would you do? The difficulty is, is I'm not I here's what I can tell you. I am not educated enough or knowledgeable enough in civic affairs to be able to handle the situation. I would rely on experts that understand this. The people that I know that have gone into some of these countries that are just so worn, torn and bring it back together to a piece of some sort of semblance of society. These are the people I would look to to get this fixed. So, yeah, I'm not qualified to answer that. I'm not. And I know it. I'm not I'm not qualified to rule a bunch of people qualified to pick up trash. Well, <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a plenty of trash down there in an eight block radius that needs yeah. to be picked up. But I mean, that's just anyway, I, I, right. I you know what? It's not my job, but it's my responsibility. That, that's, that's about my that's how I feel about everything. That's fair enough. Bruce, uh, your comments on uh, on Chaz before we move on. Honestly, initially, my, my thought is I'm a little torn on what GP just said right there, that you're not qualified and not these positions are supposed to be ran by the average Joe, right? <laughs> it, I don't know. It, are they it, supposed it, to? Are they really technically? Are they supposed to? But you know what? Here's the problem. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem I see, Bruce, is we've given up our own autonomy to where we're supposed to take care of our own neighborhoods. We're supposed to take care of our own house. We're supposed to take care of our own families. And we, we've taken that and we've thrown all that onto these government officials who obviously are not qualified to take care of us. We took away our own personal responsibility, and now we've sent it to the government to take care of us. The government was supposed to be a tool, like a shovel, a spoon, a knife, whatever we needed to accomplish a certain goal, to pave our streets. You know what? Instead of all of us in our little city to take care of our streets, we're going to elect an official to make sure our streets are taken care of. And that's what that guy is going to really do. But no, now we start putting on stuff, well, I need him to also make sure that we take care of our my health care makes care takes care of my this and takes care of my that and takes care of that. That's at another level. We stop taking care of personal responsibility and start putting it on other people. And what we expect them to do better? No, it's our fault. It's our fault. A lot of other stuff is going on. It's because we stop taking individual responsibilities for our actions. May not be my job, but it's my responsibility. Make sure my neighborhood's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you sure you wanted me on the show today, Johnny? <laughs> Yeah, of course. I, I wish you were here every day, <laughs> giving your insights. Of course, that's the idea is we each have a different viewpoint, though. Sometimes we agree. Other times we don't. Right. That's the point. That's correct. Because and I accept people that do not agree with me. I am more than willing. I do, to too. Your disagreements. I do, too. And that's and that's that's the great thing. And, you know, what's more important about this? And Bruce, you and I were talking about this offline the other day. What's more important about this is that the listener makes up their own mind. That's the most important thing in all this, because if they can have a disagreement on their end from listening to us present our conflicting points of view, then that allows them to say, wait a minute, I don't agree with either one of you. And then they can form their own individual opinion on that and then come back with that. So I, I think it's thought provoking in and of itself, don't you? I don't subscribe to the idea of um, I accept anybody based on their opinions. Just want to point that out. If you're a Marxist, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's not much common ground we okay. can find. That's fair <laughs> enough. But my point is, is that, yeah, and I agree with you. I, I agree with that statement. The, the thing is, is though, is is most people, they just belch up talking points they see on the TV. That's what the point I'm trying to get across here. And yeah. and we certainly don't want that. I want people to be able to think for themselves. And so do you. That's the whole point of all this is to get the individual back to a point where they can think for themselves rather than be told what to think. Right. Yeah. And honestly, that's actually 
a false statement when I when I say that if you're a Marxist, I'm really being facetious on that. When you look at some of the stuff that they're talking about, that the problems are, a lot of times I agree with you. That's the same problem. Where we differ is the resolution. And that's mm-hmm. where I, I would like to be able to discuss things with people. But a lot of times some of these um, groups and peoples that are of the Marxist mindset, they're unwilling to listen and they're unwilling to talk. They're of the opinion with the current rights we're seeing and whatnot. Well, you know, there's a problem right now. We have to do something now. We have to destroy the system now because it's so corrupt. We can't reform it and blah, 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 blah. You know, those. so there's no way to talk to them. Yeah, that's the problem. They're just screaming hysterics, most of them. I mean, you can't go down there. You, you saw what happened to a, a street preacher that just ventured in there yesterday. He got choked. But you can't have a conversation with some of these people. You're, you're right. You just can't do it. I've tried. They just won't listen. It's like you try to. You know, I, I told you I had a conversation with somebody the other day and they're sitting there telling me about all this stuff that needs to be changed and all the stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's just I'm getting like the throw money at it attitude from them. And I'm sitting there explaining the, to them why that's not going to work and what needs to be done. They just looked at me and said, do you even know what you're talking about? And I said, yes, I know exactly what I'm talking about, but you don't understand what I'm explaining to you. You can't comprehend it because I'm telling you how to fix the problem, the actual problem, the underlying problem that got you there in the first place. That's what I'm explaining to you. I'm not talking about superficial things. I'm deeper than that. I I can go deeper than that. See, they can't go more than one layer, two layers deep. They they can't do it. That's been removed from them because... Everything is just this do-gooder, throw money at it, and and this is how it's going to get fixed. And, you know, just pay someone and it'll it'll get done. But you don't actually fix the issue underneath of it that that puts you there, right? That's what got you in that situation. So you got to fix that so you don't end up there and you work your way out of it. That's the point. But yes, you can't talk to someone who's a screaming hysteric. I agree. And I've always said that if I had the opportunity to have dinner with any politician, with one politician in today's world, I'd have dinner with Bernie Sanders. I would. I don't agree with anything Bernie Sanders says when it comes to solutions. Like you said, I agree that he talks about real problems. I, I mean, he does as, as much as I don't like to admit it. He, he does talk about real problems. You know, the medical care system is a mess. Taxes are a mess. Housing's a mess. You know, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, education's a mess, but centralized government is not the answer. That's not the answer. That's his answer. That's not the answer for society because centralized government winds up with millions dead. And these idiots are going to soon figure that out if they ever get control of a of a major st- of a state, God help us. But that whole government mismanagement thing just ends up with mass death of a population. Happens every time in history. Happens every time in history. So the solution is, to GP's point, is personal responsibility. Look out for your communities. Build everything from the local level and work your way up. Rising tides raise all ships. That's how it works. Free market, laissez-faire capitalism, not this government intervention, subsidiary garbage. None of that stuff. That stuff doesn't work. So drone surveillance, Bruce, you had a, a point you want or you had a you had a way you wanted to go with this yesterday. So what, what do you have on drones? So basically, um, the the police have been using drones to monitor the riots and, and even the protests. And we're um, basically tracking things with that. My, my question was, how do we feel about that? That's kind of the direction I wanted to go with it. Personally, I have this weird stance of if it's like a police helicopter and it's actually someone watching things with their eye or, you know, if it's something that's not being recorded, right, it's not a digital media, then I'm OK with it. You know, it's it's like law enforcement observing things. But if it's an actual drone recording the information and archiving it, I, I now have a problem with it because now you're, you know, 
so I, I I just was curious what you guys thought. Well, in my in my sense, I, I'm I'm going to take the Fourth Amendment approach on it because I know where we're at technologically and with ease of access and things like that with you know smartphones, smart devices, drones, all this stuff now. So I get where we are at a point in human history and and human development. I understand. So my issue with it is this: if we're going to use drones, fine, right? I'm with you on it where you say that it shouldn't be recorded perfectly justifiable. I, I get that. But, you know, if it's going to be in live time, I mean, that's no different than, say, what a police officer could see or uh, a chopper pilot could see at the same time with a, with their own eyes. They're just doing it remotely. OK, fine. My issue with it, the line gets drawn when you start going into areas where you start surveilling people and you're you're doing it first and foremost, even without probable cause. Example, COVID-19, they're talking about using drones to monitor social distancing. Well, what exactly gives you the right to do that? I'm not doing anything wrong and you don't have a right to look over my shoulder. Switch uh, to do- COVID-19 with Ebola is it Ebola. Well, what would you uh, do? Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. But well, I still don't think it's right. I still don't think it's right because and I said I'm going to take the Fourth Amendment approach. So on someone, you know, with Ebola, you wouldn't monitor. Them. That's I'll probable to cause that. to me. I will get to that in a minute. I said I'm going to take the Fourth Amendment approach on it. The Fourth Amendment approach on it is get a warrant. That's what you need to do. If you're going to use a drone for something, get a warrant for it. See, they don't want to get a warrant for it. That's the point. They don't want to go through all the headache and all the mess. They want to set the precedent where you're guilty until proven innocent instead of the other way around. That's what it comes down to. Now, to your point with Ebola, Ebola is what you said. In the initial mm-hmm. stages, when we've talked about Ebola before, it's the touchy feely kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's very difficult to transmit unless you you're up there on somebody and they're sweating profusely or or whatever. You know that's how mm-hmm. you're going to get it. But in the sense of using drones to monitor a population to possibly look at them as as a means of behaving, no, I'm sorry, We're, we don't have a justice system based on behavior, and that's precisely the direction they're going with it. Well, my largest concern is safety. Say, say a five-year-old is right is riding his bicycle. Drone runs out of battery, loses control, whatever it may be, hits him in the side of the head, and he goes flying mm-hmm. off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Okay. A drone. While I'm driving on the freeway. Drone runs out of battery, drops on my windshield. I might take out six people. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with that many aircraft to monitor, accidents start happening. What if one goes flying up in the air, gets inside a jet's engine as it's taking off? Do you think that's good for the jet engine? Anybody? No, of course not. Of course not. No, that's as bad as a bird strike. Yeah. Not, not good for the plane. Whether the whole issue of it's good for society, monitoring society, big brother scenario, if you can't even give me that it's going to be safe for people just flying, that whole rest of their arguments void. Yeah, we're going to it's going to it's going to be a big brother, but we're going to kill a thousand people a year doing it. Is that is that a good thing? That's something you'd want to support? Well, no, because, GP, if you didn't figure it out during covid, if it saves just one life, if it <laughs> saves just, I'm sorry, I had to. I had to. <laughs> no, I, I see where you're going with it. And it's it's um, I, I just don't like the way that it's being it's like presented. Robocop. Yeah, I, I don't like this because we're having our privacy invaded. The, the whole point of the Fourth Amendment is the right to be securing your papers, persons and effects. The whole concept of even the TSA in the airports, that violates the Fourth Amendment. 
You have no right when it comes to that. This is just you're taking it out onto society as a whole. So if I'm walking down the street, let's say you're over here visiting GP and you and I were walking down the street as we were doing here when you know, we were going to like different cafes and different yeah. places and all that stuff. Imagine having a drone overhead and then shouting at us or, or sending us fines on our smartphones while we're going just to get, you know, I don't know, ice cream or have a coffee or something. Right. I know you don't. I already coffee, divorced but. her. Oh, we're talking about drones. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, sorry. I was, I was having a flashback. You said over your shoulder, yelling at yeah, you, yeah, yeah. following you around. Right, I don't know. Right. If, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, she got Ooh. canned when he got back stateside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what but are you no, doing? You, you see, you see my point. <laughs> yeah, you, you see uh-huh. my point is I do. The, the, I do. The precedence being set is it's very dangerous, and and they're not. We're not even as the public. We're not. So even how being do you feel assaulted. about traffic cams? The traffic, I, I hate them. They're, they're the against. I don't I don't know how those people sleep at night. I don't know how they sleep at night with that. Nonsense. Well, if you you know, if you are naked in front of a camera by law, they can't record you. So naked USA, naked USA. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. OK. Well, what if you're wearing, wearing a, mask? a mask? It's OK. If you're wearing yeah, a mask. No, that's, yeah. it's, where are you wearing your mask? Yeah. Well. So, yeah. Bruce, do you have any other comments uh, or any other ways you want to go with the uh, the drone thing? Because it's, it's an interesting topic. It's a, it's a good debate because, like I said, my, my issue with it is we as the public, we're not even being consulted on this. The people aren't even being asked. If people were being asked and they were being asked to possibly present a vote on it, possibly, maybe something, nothing. No, like that's not even happening. We're not even being consulted. It's just happening. That's my issue with it. Well, some of it is. Yeah. It's just law enforcement have decided to start using it. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm against all this surveillance and nonsense. If you're a private business and you want to have your own, you know, uh, security cams or whatever, fine. That's your choice. That's that's you as a, a citizen. But when you have the government come in and start recording things and are monitoring, quote unquote, or or whatever, even traffic cams and that kind of thing. I, I don't I don't care that it's uh, you you claim it's for safety or whatever. We have a process. We have a legal process. You don't go in and start, you know, have a, a traffic cam to to catch whether someone's speeding or 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 runs a red light and then send you a bill in the mail. Mm-hmm. What what happened to the whole judicial process? You know, being able to to defend yourself and what I I just I'm against it. This is the road to a dystopian world, a dystopian government. I mean, we've got all the fixings in place. All we need is the all controlling government now. And uh, we're, we're, we're starting to go down that road. And it's it's really concerning. Yes, it is. Like I said, they're setting the precedent to be guilty until proven innocent. That's where they're going with it. So, yeah, we see that exactly with if you're accused of sexual harassment or, or something like that, even if you're just accused, we've seen actors prominent figures just lose their job just because they were accused. Yes, but that also plays in part to the uh, the cancel culture that's being perpetrated now, especially by organizations like Facebook and uh, Twitter, the mobs on there of what will happen to you. If you step out of line and you don't carry the water for the agenda, whatever it is, then you're destroyed. You're absolutely destroyed. You're vilified. I mean, look what happened. Look, look what's going on to the New York City Police Department right now. Look what's happening to them. You heard the, the speech from the police chief of the police chief union in, in, for the NYPD, didn't you? You heard what he said. They're being vilified. They're being ostracized by the media. The state legislatures have abandoned them. No one's standing up for them. You've got a communist mayor up there that's out of control, renaming city streets, talking about uh, he's going to cut he's going to cut a billion dollars 
He's going to cut a billion dollars yeah. from their budget, the police department budget, a billion dollars. The city of Seattle is going to cut 50 percent of the police budget next year. 50 percent in six months. They're going to do that. You know what that means? That means they're going to lose half of their officers, half of them. No, it's just because they're training. A lot of it's that's with their training and their vehicles, too. But it's, it's going to be a lot of officers. They are but cutting. They'll just start. They'll just, they start, they'll just start training in the playgrounds. You know, they are instead of having cutting. a location where they train. They'll do it GP, publicly. they're cutting. Yes. half of their officers. They're cutting them. Oh, they it's are not cut, like their officers or budget officers. The way and, and the budget. It's it's going. It's one and the same. It's not. They're they're not taking money that's been allocated. Not like they did for for L.A. They're not doing that. I know. They're actually know. cutting. What is is currently there? They're cutting it by 50 percent. You're going to lose half your officers. The city of Minneapolis, we talked about that yesterday. The city of Minneapolis voted unanimously to disband the entire police department up there. The whole thing. They're not even they're not even worried about a budget. They're just going to cut it all and shut it all down. So this nonsense. Okay, so let's let's transition from that. Let's jump down to Atlanta. Uh, I take it you saw what happened last night. Yes. The city burned down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They uh Burnt a Wendy's, I believe. Burnt a Wendy's, yeah. What exactly happened down there? Well, there was a gentleman who was, uh, what was he? He was like passed out in the parking lot or something. I mean, this is this is what I'm gathering. He, he was passed out in the parking lot, and the police questioned him, and they were sitting there. I mean, I, the whole video has been released, right? Every, everything's been uh, caught on tape, so the whole video has been released. He's sitting there. He's cooperating with officers for like what, 15, 20 minutes, and then. All of a sudden, they go to take him into custody because he's not cooperating. And the guy just he, he wakes out. He just he flips. This happens. I mean, it happens. People don't want to go to jail and they just start fighting with police officers. You know, I've had that happen several times. But this guy, he, he just goes crazy. And you see the scuffle. He clearly gets into, um, you know, an altercation with two police officers until eventually you see him actually going for the police officer's taser. You see him going for it. And, you know, I've watched the video. Uh, the video's out there. I think we got ours from the Gateway Pundit that had it, that were where we were watching it. I think it's where it was. Yeah, there's there's others that have it as well. I, I kind of dug around and CNN has a video and whatnot. Okay. All right. Well, this video that was put out, of course, it was caught on uh, you know amateur tape. And then, of course, the body cam footage has been released as well. And so this guy clearly goes for this cop's taser. And then as they're in the scuffle, in the midst of the scuffle, one officer goes down. The other officer goes down. The suspect then gets on top of this officer and is, he's, he's hitting him with his fists. That's what I'm taking away from it. And then he grabs the officer's taser, runs off with it. As he's running off, he turns around while he's being tased, by the way. Uh, he turns around to fire the taser at the officer and they use lethal force and put him down. What's your take on the video? That, that's what I saw. What, what's your take on it? So to clarify a little bit, where he was parked in the parking lot, he wasn't just like parked out in the parking lot. He was actually in the line for the drive through and he was blocking it. Now, mm-hmm. it was possible for people to go around him a little bit to get to the, you know, the, the sign and the whatever, the speaker thing. And officers came over and smacked his window, woke him up and had him park. And then they did the sobriety test and everything, right? And the dude was clearly drunk. Talk with him, blah, blah, blah. They go to arrest him. They starting to put the cuff on one of his arms. And that's when the dude just like flips out, goes nuts, starts pummeling one of the cops. And Mm -hmm. the body cam footage is just tumble and roll. Like it's all over the place, right? And the, the bystander footage that we've seen 
it was one of the officers had pulled the taser. The guy grabs a taser, takes it from him, and uh, and is pointing it at the face of the other officer at one point. And then, as you said, they they he turned to shoot shoot with the taser and while he's being tasered by the right. other officer. And that's when they use lethal force on him. Now that immediately had the crowd. You know, the, the the ones that were watching, they were like, hey, man, we got kids here and all that, you know, uh-huh. anyway. While he's in the car. The thing you, is. Dude, you could have drove off, you know, like you, you could. Exactly. Or, uh, you know, maybe help the officer to help the officer, pro- you know. possibly. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's I mean, that's, yeah. that would have been my instinct to get out there and help the officer. If I see it, if I see two yeah. officers, two officers, two trained officers getting mm-hmm. pummeled by a suspect, mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. I'm jumping in there to help the police officers. Yeah, exactly. So they. This was warranted. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really. What do you what do you expect the officers to do? Clearly, the right. guy is violent. Clearly, the guy is resisting arrest. Do you want this out on your streets? You know, I mean, what what's the limit if we just allow people to pummel our cops and get away with it? No. So if you uh, if you ever find yourself in a position to where the police are arresting you, don't resist. That, that That's the simple thing. Don't break laws. Don't don't you get do your crime. day in court. You get your day in court. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. You go to court, you argue your case, and you go home. It's that simple. It's not It's not yeah, worth so, your life. None yeah. of that stuff on the street is worth your life. None of it. None of it. And and I'm not trying to make light of this, right? It's a bad deal. Like, I'm sorry the guy uh, is shot dead, right? At the same time, you shouldn't have been resisting arrest. You assaulted a police officer and tried to steal or, and actually stole his taser, right? At that point, I'm sorry. You know, you, you turned and shot at the officer with it. The next step in that is lethal force. That, that's just, they tried non-lethal, didn't work. Lethal force is the next step. So, and honestly, if you watch the video, it was very controlled. He shot three rounds. That was it. Yeah. That is great restraint. I don't know if anybody's ever been in that situation. And if you're not trained in that, it's very common for them to unload the entire clip if you're not trained in it, right? They just, adrenaline takes over and they just start pulling the trigger. And that's one of the reasons they're trained with this, right? You don't expend, (laughs) yeah, anyway. They showed great restraint is is what I'm trying to say. Well. And then they go and burn the Wendy's down? Yeah, that. Yeah, they went and burned the Wendy's down because that makes so much sense, right? (laughs) Like that, that makes so much sense. So let's, I mean, it happened in the parking lot. What, what is what do the employees of Wendy's have anything to do with that? What what does that matter? I guarantee you, you just put 20 people out of a job because of, of what you did. So what does that have to do with anything? Even if you're upset at the officers, that doesn't justify burning down the Wendy's. Like what? This doesn't like two and two doesn't equal four. I, I never thought I'd see this something like this. But the Atlanta mayor, right? This is one of the people that's a possible VP pick, by the way. She's come out, made a public statement. She says, I do not believe that this was a justified use of deadly force and have called for the immediate termination of the officer. Well, lady, what justifies a use of deadly force if an officer's life is threatened? What? If that doesn't do it, I'm sorry, what does? Uh, now, you can sit here. I have heard this argument today already. Oh, well, the taser's non-lethal. Okay, well, a stick is non-lethal. A rock is non-lethal. But if you hit somebody in the face with it at point-blank range, I mean, what? Or, or you take somebody's eye out, I mean, does it become lethal then? Or you beat somebody to death with it, does it become lethal then? I mean, it's just, it doesn't end with these people. And so, well, uh, go ahead. Uh, there, there's, quickly, there, there's a, a misnomer there. It's less than lethal. Uh, that that it's not non-lethal because a taser actually can be lethal in some situations. Yes, it can. So yes, it can. With them using it on an officer's head, 
you know, shooting them in the head, there literally could cause uh, long-term damage there, right? Yes, neurological damage. I mean, you're talking 50,000 volts going through someone's skull. It's not a very nice time. This is why people are trained. This is why officers are trained to hit in certain key points on the body to make Mm -hmm. sure that the suspect goes down. Believe me, I've been through that. I took a ride on a taser voluntarily, by the way, (laughs) not because I was resisting arrest. I took a ride on a taser once. Not fun. Not fun. But I did it because... It was part of training, so I, I had to do it. But right. nonetheless, right. It, they, they even tell you in taser training, if you do use it improperly, you can do some serious damage to someone. If it, And it can be lethal, yeah. I guess, if you yeah. if you do it, if it's uh, mismanaged in another way. So, yes, there is that. But this whole idea that uh, we're going to go out there and uh, and burn down a Wendy's, I mean, I, I, I get that uh, th- this is just ridiculous. Of what good is that? We're, we're going to continue to have this conversation again. You're going to go out and burn down local businesses for what? During all this, uh, a CNN camera crew was attacked outside of the Atlanta Wendy's as rioters burned it. A CNN crew was attacked outside of Atlanta, Georgia, Wendy's, where a tw- where 27-year-old uh, Richard Brooks was killed in confrontation with police on Friday evening. Rioters began attacking and setting fire to the restaurant Saturday night. Nevertheless, right, it's after he was shot. Nevertheless, unrest broke out in the city with a large group blocking Interstate 75, for whatever reason, and another group setting fire to the Wendy's. CNN was to film what it called protests as masked individuals attacked Wendy's trying to destroy it. Gee, I wonder who those masked individuals were. Just saying. CNN's Natasha Chin later recounted to Wolf Blitzer. There were This is a quote from her. There were protesters very angry that were recording this and tried to block our cameras. And at that point, they got aggressive and our CNN camera was broken. She then added that the protesters had also tried to stop her from filming with her personal cell phone. She and her crew then left the area. Yeah, see, lady, they don't care who you are. They, they don't care. They don't care who you are. If you're out there championing their cause, they don't care. By the way, for those that don't know, uh, the CNN headquarters, right, it's it's based in Atlanta. And that organization was pretty much trashed. What was it, two, three weeks ago during all that? Yeah. Yeah. So they don't care. They certainly do not care. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Let's talk COVID. we got new cases coming up. Yes. Right. Everything's starting to fall apart. So now we're going to go back to COVID, right? Everybody, you know, all the good little lemmings are back out there with their masks on. uh, And that's what people are doing. Now they're saying that COVID-19 and civil unrest could trigger a mass migration in a post-pandemic world. You hear this? This is what they're going to do now. This will be their next one. They'll have huge swells of caravans coming north, slamming into that border because not only... Are they having an economical crisis down there because our economy has been shut down? So they're not getting any of the tourism. They're not getting any of the supply lines. They're not getting any of the produce. They're not exporting anything all because of COVID. So they're suffering. So they're having that problem down there, plus all this nonsense with the pandemic. And so now they're going to use this. This will be the next thing. You'll have mass migration coming up from the South. You'll have organizations in the cities looting and burning whatever's left. All before an election. All before an election. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to get any conspiracy theories here, but it's not by chance that we're seeing all this right now. A hundred. What are we? 140 days out. 140 something days out. It's not by chance that all this is happening now. And to be honest with you, I would expect there to be more. I would expect there to be more. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have not only those groups. You're going to have these groups now. You're going to have more groups come out, and you're going to have ones behind the scenes. Things are going to intensify. It's going to get worse before it gets better. So things are going to get stirred up even more. And now you got Biden. What's Biden said? Did you hear the clip of Biden? What he said? Oh, well, the, the, Trump's not going to leave office. Trump's not going to leave office. Even if he wins, he's not going to leave office. Excuse me? 
Biden actually said you're going to have the military escort him from office. Are you kidding me? You, are you kidding me? I would expect the uh, the people that have turned their backs on him, the generals that have turned their backs on him, I would expect them to carry that out. Yeah. But those people, as far as I'm concerned, the day they turned their backs on him, see you later, Jack. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. But I would expect things to intensify. And when I say things to intensify, I think you're going to have these groups like Antifa. You're going to have these these groups like this. You're going to have them carry out more heinous things. It's not going to just be rioting and looting and burning. You watch. They're going to get more brazen. They're going to get more brash because they're not being dealt with now. They're not being stopped now in their tracks. What people need to understand is, is this is precisely what I said the other day. They are not in the business of making deals. They don't care about any of this stuff. Forget the ones you see out there in the cities like Seattle. Forget them. They're just the the on top, you know, ragtag group of, you know, snowflakes that doesn't know anything. Okay. They're meant to be flushed. They're they're meant to be gotten rid of. Okay. They are the smokescreen for the hardened revolutionaries behind the scenes. Understand something. These people that are running these organizations, they're not snowflakes. They're not the ones out there that you see with the newspapers and the and the potting soil planting some tomato plants they stole from from Home Depot. They're not the ones out there that are carrying guns in the streets. Oh no, that's not them. The ones that are behind the scenes that are administrating these groups are hardened, iron-clad revolutionaries. And what makes them so revolutionary? What makes them so ironclad? Because these people eat, sleep, breathe revolution. That is their purpose. Just like you go to shop for groceries, you don't pay any mind to it. Or you go to sleep every night. Or you wake up and you have something to eat. You just don't think about it. It's part of living. That's what these people do. Only to them... It's about overthrowing the system. So what comes next? Mass shootings, bombings. And the only reason I say this, the reason I say this, look at the weather underground of the 60s and the 70s. That particular group, look up Bill Ayers, look up their tactics, and you'll see precisely what these people's next step is. I'm not speaking of, of a point of, oh, well, I, I know what I'm I, I know what's going to come next because I, I'm a tell all. No, I know history. I've studied history. I've studied Marxism. I've studied fascism. I've studied revolutions, and I'm telling you, this is precisely what these people are going to do. I'm not saying that from some high horse or anything like that. I'm saying this because people need to see this. So what do we do? What what do people do about it? I think, I don't know this, but I think what needs to happen is the entire network needs to be brought down. But see, here's the problem. The corporations have already hedged their bets. You, You see what side they're on. Netflix, all the sports organizations, big tech companies, Google, Facebook, Twitter, They've chosen their side, right? Everyone's in the process right now. This is the critical time. Everyone's in the process now of choosing sides. You're starting to see the people that are running these cities, running these states. They're starting to out themselves. Their mask is off. They're telling you who they are. The media, they're showing you who they are too. So how do you bring down something like this without taking the rest of the world down with it? Because, I mean, this is what's going to have to happen as as bad as it is to sit here and and think about this. The media is going to have to fall. Most of the government officials that are entrenched in that network, the deep state, as people call them, they're going to have to fall. The tech companies are going to have to fall or move to Beijing, where they belong, which is where they're based, by the way. So people need to be prepared for themselves. GP spoke about personal responsibility. It's imperative upon every single person to be prepared for whatever might happen, because these people 
as sure as I'm sitting here, these people are not going to stop. They will not stop. Their stated goal is the overthrow of the entire system. And not just in the United States, I'm talking about all Western nations, the entire way of Western life, all of it. They're not in the business of saying, oh, well, we're just going to we're just going to do this here and then we'll leave everyone else alone. No, 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 no. It never stops with one. They're insatiable. They've even said that they're going to do this in the United States and then later transition to the rest of the world, which means what? That means we, the citizens of the United States, we're responsible for putting an end to these people, to stopping these people, because they will not stop. Honestly, I'm not really sure. Personally, I'm not sure how to stop all this. Well, there is a diplomatic way, but um, I, I don't. I, I don't really know. I mean, people would have to be willing to to sit down and have a serious national debate over it. And by that, I mean, you're going to have to outlaw liberalism. Uh, you can call that extreme if you want. But I mean, that's that's the deal. That's the deal. I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's it's one and the same now. As much as I as much as I hate to say that by modern terms, by modern terms, it's one and the same. There's no difference. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, that's a very dangerous saying liberalism, because technically speaking, America is liberal. Like the literal definition of liberal. Yes. By that's classic America's terms. founding. Yes. By yeah. classic terms. Yes. So, but by modern so, terms, yeah. by modern terms, liberalism has been infiltrated by Marxism. And they've taken right. the term. Over. My, they, they've taken it over. So the, the thing is, though, my, my issue is, is Marxism's already illegal in the United States. It's already illegal. It's called the Smith Act. If you don't believe me, go look it up. It's still there. It's on the books. We just don't enforce it for whatever reason. So. Okay, I mean, if you if you want to go that way, but see, here's the problem. This is why they call themselves liberal because they can't call themselves Marxist because it's illegal. You have to outlaw the ideology because it doesn't allow you to speak. It's a complete antithesis of our way of living. Like it's it's not compatible with Western civilization. It's not right. Like I said, you're not seeing all this by chance. That you're not seeing all this by chance. All this is happening on purpose, and it's all happening at this time. Why? Why? Like I said, we got an election coming up in 140 something days. So and, and I, I'm telling you, you're going to see more. It's going to get even more crazy. If you think up to this point, it's been crazy. It's going to get more crazy. I assure you, as sure as I'm sitting here, it's going to get more crazy. Why? While we're busy doing all this in the West, while we're busy fighting amongst ourselves and they've got groups here that are triggered by, oh, I don't know, guys like Soros. What's not being talked about? What's the one elephant in the room that's not being talked about? And that's China. Why isn't that being discussed anywhere? Why isn't that being discussed? It's not in the news. You know, if you if you look around, well, you'd think everything in China was just great. You know, they're just minding their own business. Why? Because they own the media. They own academia. They own the mobs in the streets. That's why. They lost the good credibility with the treaty with Hong Kong. They went in there. They broke the deal. They went into a trade war with the United States and they lost. One thing the Asiatic communities don't tolerate is humiliation. And Trump humiliated them on the world stage with the trade war. He humiliated them. They lost it. And so what happened? We got a pandemic out of it. Came from where? Then all of a sudden, well, you know, China did so well handling the pandemic from their end. It's well, see, it's it's the United States. They're the ones that have a hundred and something thousand deaths. Well, we in China, we only had three thousand. Did you? So what happens now? You have your compatriots in the United States, your collaborators, the ones that have turned against the U.S. and its people, the mayors, the governors, the city council people, the ones that are brought up on that university ideology that you put in there, that conjured up nonsense. 
The stuff you poisoned and corrupted kids' minds with, they're the ones that are out there in the streets behaving like adult children. You going to send them supplies in Seattle? Help them out? Is that what you're going to do? No, they're just carrying the, carrying the weight for you, aren't they? Carrying your agenda, creating the, uh, the conflict. All this stuff you see, all this monument stuff, the renaming of streets, all this went on under the Maoist revolution. What came after that? The Red Brigades. You see, it wasn't the group that Mao had in the initial stages to help him bring in that revolution. It was the hardened revolutionaries that came in after that. And so the, the initial group that you see, Antifa, that, that's your initial group right now. They'll be flushed. They're, they're not going to keep them. They're, they'll be flushed. They're just dupes and idiots, right? Those are just the university meth head burnouts. And so the real elephant in the room here is the CCP. That's the problem. They hate Trump's guts. They want him gone. They don't care how. They want him gone. And so probably in the next 140 days, man, you're going to see you're going to see more things in the next 140 days than you've seen in the last 10 years. That's what you're going to see, because these people, they have nowhere else to go. They've lost. They've lost. They know they've lost and they're done. The Democrat Party is done. What's left of the Republican Party, as you see with Lindsey Graham, as we talked about this morning, they're done. They know they're done. They tried to overthrow a sitting U.S. president that was duly elected by we the people, and they got caught. They know they got caught. And worse than that, they know that we know that they got caught. They have nothing else left. They're done. And like a cornered rat, they become extremely dangerous. And so now they're going to use every tool in the box. They're going to use everything they got because they got nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else for them to go. This is it for them. This is the end game. They are at the end game. I said it. Go back. Please go back and listen to our, our two part special on the New World Order that we did. What was it, Bruce? Three, three, four weeks ago that we did that? It's been a while. Yeah. Please go back and give that a listen. We talked about some of these groups, the ones that are facilitating all this stuff you see now. And it's before all this riot stuff happened. So, I mean, we talked about where they were headed. They're at endgame. They're done. And so they have to go for the full takeover now. This is it. So this is our last chance. You know, and I, I hear that all the time. Oh, was well, you know, our last uh, our last election. America, this is it. This is it. This is the last one. This is our last chance. That's uh, that. That's all I'm going to say on it. So, anything else you got to add to that? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually curious if Lindsay is part of the Obama gay deep state. You know all that stuff because it sure looks like he is. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't recall all the things that you and I have looked into and all the digging that that we've done and all the backroom stuff that we've at least in in the in the Ukraine thing and the the Russia thing. Which that was all them, by the way. I didn't see his name anywhere. It's not. Does Lindsay have any kids? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not familiar with any of that uh, that stuff. I mean, I just I just know he's a longtime party hack. He's been in there for for you know he's a career politician. That's what he does. Well, anyway, my point is is unfortunately the government as a whole knows that if you want to um, shall we say make money quietly, um, you use places like Latvia. Ukraine, you know, we've already got a system set up there by the previous administration and uh, they can send them there to um, make some money. It's entirely possible. You had some children involved there. You had uh, John Kerry's son that was involved there. And I believe I believe you even had uh, Nancy Pelosi's children involved there somehow. Uh I'm not not entirely Uh sure. But unfortunately, there are some other things that I would like to discuss, but unfortunately, we don't have any time today. So uh, I guess we'll have to get to them tomorrow. So thank you for your time today, Bruce. I appreciate you sitting down. GP's already left us. He uh, he had somewhere he had to go to. So uh, I, something about picking up trash. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> which 
you know, good on him. You know, good on him. I wish everybody would do that. So that's a that's a great thing. We are going to have to call this an end. Thank you to all the listeners. Please do give us a follow on social media if you haven't done already. We are on Parlor. Uh, I'll mention it again. You can follow me there. I'm at Jay Anderson three. And you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. So please do give us a a follow. We do list our viewpoints and you can follow our comments and posts and, and things like that. So we would really appreciate it. And to give us your feedback as well. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.